everybody. It's Beth Wee, Beth Wall Stewart, in the studio with my friend Kim Gibson. Hello. How are you, Kim? I'm doing good. You know, we were talking about uh, family dynamics and communication skills. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's time to, to talk a little bit more. You know, they have a funny saying. They say, of course, your family can push your buttons. They installed them. True. Right? <laughs> it is too true. So we're talking about ways to talk, to bring the communication back to the family to help us get through some of the hard stuffs the you know the illnesses the the divorces the the money troubles whatever it is when kids and families need a place to talk we got to focus on how to do a better job absolutely okay so in the first podcast of this we have a part 1 of this in it so this is part 2 we talked about communication and about whether or not to keep focused on a topic or how to let it grow organically. We talked about uh, being responsible for your own part of it, you know, talking in the eye, what, what works for you. I would really like to start right away today about one of the most important parts of communication that is effective, and it's called listening. <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard when it's, when it's my family. It's so hard to listen and not jump in. When I, It's like, I got the idea. Let me tell you what the answer is. Well, I found that I've actually, I have three girls in mother-daughter relationships. I could be in the middle of them. I can tune them completely out. Yeah. And it's, sometimes it's a lifesaver. <laughs> but a lot of times you're right. It's like. It's like the peanuts thing, just wah, 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 wah. Yeah. And it takes effort for me to silence, look them in the eye, and listen to what they're saying. Yeah. You know, years ago, I had a wonderful uh, lady that helped me. Her name was Jean. And she told me that when she had to learn how to listen, she made sure she looked someone in the eye and occasionally nodded. You mm -hmm. just nodded at yeah. me when I was like, and, and occasionally nodded. And she said, and then because she was so bad, she said, I am so bad at listening to my children. She had 10 children, but she said, I am so bad at listening. So after they finished and she's looked them in the eye, she's nodded. When they finished, she, this was her phrase. So what I hear you saying is, and then she would give her paraphrase. And she goes, sometimes Beth, I wasn't even on target at all. <laughs> <laughs> what I heard is not what they said because I heard it from my part yes it's so hard to be unselfish in communication well with my three daughters they each you know they're three different people obviously but i have to speak to each of them differently because the way they interpret information is different than the way her, her sister does mm -hmm. and that's taken me they were probably adults really before i really really learned that about them yeah when i look back on my history um, they say you won't have any regrets if you start to live your life on purpose. But, you know, I do have one regret. One of my regrets, and probably my only really strong regret, is that I wasn't fully present for my children when they spoke to me. There were times where I, I was a single mom. I worked two jobs. I had a little magazine for a while. I had the Florida Parenting I remember News. that. Yeah. And, and when they would come to me with a thing, and if I was working on the magazine, I'd be sitting at the computer and I'd kind of look off to the side at them and listen, I should have just swung around in that chair and become fully engaged. And I didn't do that. And I, and I hope it didn't give them the illusion 
that they were not as important as my work. Well, I think one of the problems with today is the cell phone. Mm -hmm. Yesterday morning, I had my three-year-old granddaughter, and she wanted me to play with her. I hadn't had my first cup of coffee yet. So my compromise was, I'll sit here on the chair, let me watch you build a castle. So she's building it, and the first thing I did was reach for my phone. But fortunately, you caught yourself. I focused. You know, I, I do want to do better. Mm-hmm. I realized that, and I sat it down, and I every time that shot, she must have looked up at me every 30 seconds. Did you see that? Did you know that? <laughs> and I think it made a difference that I was able to look her in the eye and say, so cool, as opposed to her looking up and seeing me engaged. With someone else. With an insignificant thing yeah and you know it's 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 someone else i'm engaged with myself you're not important enough i'm engaged with myself i am you know feeding my mind a bunch of garbage basically only because you're not cool enough for me to hang out and that is not at all what we're saying no but that can be the interpretation right yeah it's a difficult thing you know people learn how to listen so one of the tips we want to give you today is when you listen you teach someone else how to listen. And especially if they're kids. If you have young ones or grandkids, doesn't matter how old you are listening to this. You can be a 32-year-old mom with a four and a six-year-old. You're teaching them how to listen. If you put that phone down, they're going to hear you. They're going to hear you loud and clear that they're important. Yeah. Okay, so that, that leads us right into the next thing I wanted to talk about. I believe that respect is also a learned trait. And I think that to give someone respect from an early age will help them. It's, it's basically validation. Well, I think what I did with my granddaughter yesterday morning is that I'm showing her respect by being present when she needed me to be. You validated that her building a sandcastle was the most important thing you were doing at that moment. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, um, even validating with your words, like if somebody has the courage to tell you something, like at your dinner table, in the last podcast we recorded, you mentioned that one of your girls told about smoking a cigarette for the right. first time, that it came out at the family table and that you were able to respond to it. Now, I'm so, if you could have said, I'm so glad you shared that with me and I want to thank you for having the courage to be honest. That is validation. That validates that honesty with loved ones is going to be safe. Right. Yeah. I could could have come down on her like with a hammer, but instead, I can't remember exactly how the conversation went afterwards, but it was not an attack mode. It was not a finger pointing and judgment thing. It was just, uh, like you said, thank you for sharing it. I went to my hairdressers a couple weeks back and she mentioned that her daughter came in and she goes, I swear she smelled like uh, marijuana, you know? And I said, how old is she? And she told me the age. And I said, I think that's how I smelled at that age. (laughs) (laughs) And she started laughing and she goes, so did I. And I said, I know we want better for our kids, but, but, but what I needed at that age was somebody who would call me on it and walk me through it. You know, marijuana is a tricky little drug, I would say. Yeah. You know, I would say it, it, it makes you complacent. and you, you, All you lose is your potential. You know, that's what I would share with someone trying marijuana for the first time. I'm not going to say you're not going to do it. And you're not going to. That's part of the joy of being a teenager and learning to break away from your family unit and to 
look it for a societal unit because you have to be successful there to be successful in life. But marijuana is not going to be the ticket to that success. No. So, but if I was validating and if they had learned that they could trust me with their, their situations, that I wasn't going to just go nuts and take away the car keys or whatever the heck it is, right. you know, um, that, that they would be able to share more. I'm not saying condone drug use. If you're listening to this, we're not saying that. I'm just saying validation. Open lines of communication. It, it, make it safe to tell you that. I, would, I remember when uh, my daughter was like four or five and she went to a little gymnastics things over at Leisure Square. Okay. And they had like a round of things that they did. They had to do this and that. And when they got to this big foam cube... They were supposed to do a somersault across the cube and go to the next thing. And my daughter would always run and sit by the side. And then as soon as they finished the foam cube, she'd get back in the line and keep going. And so the instructor pulled me aside and said, did you notice that um, your daughter always sits that out? And I said, I did. I did. And she said, yeah. So what are we going to do? And I said, oh, oh, you want me to do something about that? And she was like, well, yeah, she sits that out. And I said, yeah, but, you know, I want to reinforce that if her friends are going off and smoking marijuana, if she wants to sit on the sidelines and wait for them to come back, she can. I'm not going to make her do the somersault on the foam cube. Right. <laughs> I, I want to reinforce that she is her own person. And make her own choices. And she can make her own choices because in the, in the thick of things, doing a somersault on a foam cube isn't anything. But choosing not to smoke pot when your other friends are. That's a big lesson right. that to, for her to feel confident enough to make that. And I see a correlation. The, the coach just looked at me and she went, wow, I never thought of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yeah, welcome to my brain. It's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't met another one yet that works like yours. Yeah. <laughs> so what I want to say is what would your kids do? If you're listening now, what would your kids or your husband or your friends do if you respected them and said, I'm glad you shared that for being courageous enough to share that with me, that is real love in action. That is the heart of good communication. Something that my older daughter, my children are all adults now. One of the things that um, my one daughter through counseling has learned to do is to come to me and say, mom, when you do that, it hurts my feelings it and I'll tell you what the first time she did that I wanted to become defensive mm -hmm. I wanted to push back it was so hard to just sit there and listen to that and then say I'm sorry I made you feel that way wow instead of well I wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't have done this <laughs> yeah. yeah but luckily and I'm not saying I haven't done that but I have these moments of clarity sometimes, thank goodness. And I, I think it is because I do try to do better. I too, do try to stay connected with my higher power. Yeah. When something like that happens, I can feel like the God, spirit of God, God <laughs> has his hand on the, the, you know, my, my shirt and he pulled me back. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's well said. Well, you know, I, I remember learning a phrase. I think you taught it to me years back. You might be right. I have to think about that. Yes. That is a way to just stop. Uh, somebody's picking at me and they want me to respond in, no, they want me to react. 
they don't want me to respond. They don't want me to think about what I'm going to do. They want me to just take action yes. because I'm incited. Because they've incited some heavy emotion in me. And you taught me to say, you might be right. I need to think about that. And I'll tell you what, friends, if you throw in the words, I need to pray about that, they'll like back off. They're never <laughs> back. They'll back off really quick. Okay. Well, I think, you know, the validation piece is important and it leads into the next thing, which is creating solutions together. In the first podcast that we did on family communications, we talked about when somebody wants comfort and not solution. That, and you can just come right out and ask that, friends. If you're talking to somebody, you can say, now, are you looking for comfort or are you looking for a solution? And if they say comfort, then shut up your mouth. <laughs> you don't have to tell them how to hang the clothes up so that they don't wrinkle. Right. <laughs> and it's faster than folding them all. You know, whatever your solution is. But when they're looking for solution, you know, I remember as a little kid, we would say to each other, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> you know, they would, somebody would come to you with what they thought was a good solution. You're not the boss of me. And I, I specifically remember when I was ice skating and I always had hand-me-down ice skates. I'm from a very big family. So the, the laces on these skates were really big and I would try to tie them up, but I would sometimes trip over them on the skating rink. And I remember somebody coming to me and showing me how to wrap it around my ankle and then tie the bow so that the skate lace wouldn't be too long. And my response was, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> and, and then I went out and tripped on the ice and came back and tried it. And it worked. It wasn't that the idea was bad. It was that it wasn't created as a compromise. It wasn't a give and take. It was somebody telling me how to fix right. my ice skates. Like, here, let me do that. Yeah, like, you, you're you stupid. I know how to do this. Here, let me, you know. But that goes back to what we talked about on the last podcast. You got to look at where the other person is. Right. You know, right. you were, you said you were the invisible child. So right. come, someone comes to you with that solution, their intent is positive, but your little yeah, girl. But I wasn't ready yet. You yeah. weren't ready for it. Yeah. I wasn't prepared. So, so creating solutions together when you each give and take. Have you had success in that with your kids or with your grandkids? I think so. My my relationship with my grandchildren is night and day. From, it is night and day, yeah, and it's not just day. because I'm grandma now. Yeah. It's through the things I've learned, and I'm able to go and apologize to them. Well, you're a different person now. Exactly. You've grown You've grown closer to God. Well, you've grown closer to your true self. I'm going through a, a big thing with one of my daughters right now. <clears throat> a few weeks ago, she kind of hit a bottom in her life. Mm -hmm. And she reached out to me and said, I need help. And I'll be honest with you. The first thing I wanted to do was take a hammer down on her and say, oh, yes, you do. For this, 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 and this, and this. You know, I wanted yeah. to take inventory of all her defaults. But luckily I was able, to, there's a saying, you know, when you're irritable, pause. Yeah. And I have learned that ability with maturity. Right. And I was able to say, is this in regards to your drinking? She said, yes. I said, I have two options for you. I would recommend either going to rehab or perhaps you and the kids would like to come live with me for a little while so you can breathe and figure things out. You know, and that was... That's a big step, boy. It was hard. It changes everybody's 
now, right now, changes for everybody. Right. But it was, it was hard for me to say the right things. It was very mm-hmm. conscious, you know, and that's what I think is okay. I think, well, I didn't know what to say. Take the time and think about what you're going to say. Right. We'll pause that. I, I there's a great acronym. Pray, uh, pause, uh, pray and use spirit energy. You know, don't just lean on your own understanding for something like that. Yes. For that, you need the wisdom. You need the wisdom to see what you need to accept and what you can change. Exactly. Kind of like the serenity prayer that they use. You know, it's that. It's it's that's what we're talking about. But how about this? Compromise, creating solutions together. I think that's one of the tickets to marriage. Uh, first thing that popped into my head was my marriage. Yes. Yeah. Because we, we see the world differently. I believe we see the different the world differently based on our gender. I, I don't care oh, what absolutely. your gender is. You see the world differently than me if you're if you're not a heterosexual woman. Yes. I just see the world as a heterosexual woman. <laughs> and my role in it is... Um, I, I, there's some part, there's some things that come to me naturally. And I think it's, I think it's gender specific. Now that might be turning a bunch of you off, but that's my truth. You don't have to endorse it. But when I'm going to make a compromise with my husband, I have to know that he does not see the world as a heterosexual woman. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, he doesn't. This situation is exactly that. My husband happened to be on a golf trip in California with friends right in the middle of this. And I knew I had to have the conversation with him before he got home. So he would have a few days to sit with it, to move it, to acceptance. Yes, to move to acceptance. <laughs> yeah. And, and luck, I know that about my husband. So I texted him and say, please call me when you're alone and you have about 15 minutes. And I could hear in his voice, confusion. You know, he wanted to react like I wanted to react. Resistance. Yes. But his final words were, I trust you. Whatever decision you make, I'll yeah. support you. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's taken a long time for us to get there. Yeah. Well, it takes a lot of communication. Yes. You get to come to trust. Trust is faith in one another grown up to trust. Faith, faith it's a track record. You Trust comes after you've had faith in someone and they proved you right. You had faith in them again and they proved you right. Same thing with God. You have faith in God before you come to trust God. I had a friend um, who's long past now. But she was just a great role model in my life. And I can remember I was having issues with my mother, which most mothers and daughters do. And she she told me, if you ever have a resentment, do something nice for that person. Mm -hmm. So in that case, with my mother, I knew she liked Reese's Cups. Okay. And every day that I saw her... You had a Reese's Cup. I had a Reese's Cup for her. And I don't... Nothing shifted in my mother, but something shifted in me and my perception of her was differently. Mm -hmm. Same thing, my husband... And I do the same thing every day. We do something for the other person to make their lives easier. Nice. You know, he knows I hate emptying a dishwasher. He empties it. Yeah. I know he hates making the bed. I make the bed. Right. You know, and sometimes I'll do something I don't like just like I'll empty the dishwasher before he gets up just so he can wake up and say, oh, Oh, you emptied the dishwasher. You know, and I always get a hug and a kiss. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. But it's about compromise, creating solutions together, a give and take. When you're in a successful communication, it's because there is give and take. I like to say that love expands and contracts as necessary. And with a blended family like my husband and I have, he had three, I had three. We would not be where we're at today if we didn't learn the art of compromise. Right. Beautiful.
Well, the last thing I want to say before we wrap this one up, sometimes families need professional help. Absolutely. You know, um, addiction, money troubles, health issues, mental illness. There are so many things rising um, against our families. The family seems to be under attack. Yeah, and we have to accept as an individual, as much as we want to help them, it's above our pay grade. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, and I don't have the experience, strength, and hope that's going to make it better for you. But I know somebody who does. Exactly. That's a beautiful thing. You know, we are given contacts for a reason. Uh, I, Like you said, you have a blended family. If, if I were talking to somebody who needed help with a blended family, I could say, you know, I have a friend who's gone through what you're going through. Let me ask her if I can give you her number. Absolutely. And she'll give you a few minutes. Yes. That kind of thing. I don't want to know about my automobile. If the key turns and it starts, and some of you don't even have a key, if I get in and the little tab talks to the other little tab and it <laughs> starts, I'm happy. I, do, is the oil low? I don't know. How would I know that? Right. <laughs> Hopefully a light will come on and tell me, or I have the little tab on my window that tells me when to go get it changed. I don't want to know that. And I'm sorry, there is somebody who loves cars. And those guys love to look at my car. They love to see right. my car. And if my car's having a problem, oh boy. It's like, woo hoo hoo we get to look for the problem. What's the well, problem? Well, you're not going to go to a barber to get your car fixed. Right. <laughs> it's the same thing. So when you need professional help, I would say go somewhere to get it. But first, before you go somewhere... Use your contacts to find out who's the best barber. Exactly. Who's the honest auto guy? Who's the one who lived through it? Like, I could send somebody to a blended family, but if they're on the verge of divorce, that might not be the help they might need. Might not be the place know? to go. So, so look around and and use use the information that you need. But you're not supposed to have all the answers. That's why we need each other. Especially with family, because we're so emotionally involved involved it's it's hard to step back and look at something you know yeah. with with clear eyes yeah well even christ said a prophet isn't welcome in his own hometown right you know i mean it the, the reality is bring someone i could say to my daughter i can tell her something for years and she just it goes over her head but she hears it from someone else and she brings it to me like she found diamonds and i'm like <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times that has happened. And I'm like, man, I've been saying that for 50 years, but okay, good. Well, she's not even 50, so that's a gross exaggeration, but okay. Well, Kim, thank you so much. We've been talking today about families, communication, and success. I mean, basically, that's what we're looking for, success in our family life. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Will you come back and do another podcast with me? I would love to. It's time to take addiction out of the shadows and shine the encouraging light of recovery on everyone affected. Good Seed Podcast is powered by BethWE.com, a nonprofit ministry based in Vero Beach, Florida. We'll start the uncomfortable conversations that turn despair into hope and complacency into action. Connect, communicate, and thrive with us. Check us out online at BethWE.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again soon.